Welcome to Hashtag Managed, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of building a booked out social media business. Tune in every week for transparent conversations from a six-figure social media agency owner, sharing the highlights and lowlights of being a business owner, and episodes featuring industry experts to help you start, scale, and book out your own social media management business. Now, here's your host, Jessica Sheehy. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hashtag Managed. This episode is a special one because it's a re-air of my episode on the Authentic AI Podcast with Kinsey. Kinsey was on our podcast on episode 46, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you already know what to listen to next. Do you struggle to edit your long-form video content into clips for social media? Wondering how you can use ChatGPT to help you create content? Today, we're diving deep into the role of AI in social media marketing. Keep listening to hear how to discover how tools like Veed and Descript can automate editing tasks, letting you focus on the bigger picture, how we use AI to generate social media captions and carry out insightful customer research, how ChatGPT can give you an edge when it comes to creating content for niche markets and onboarding new clients, and so much more. Now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to Authentic AI for Entrepreneurs, the podcast that shows you how to leverage the power of AI technology without wasting your time or selling your soul. Let's embrace making AI work for you. Hey, hey, my feel-good friend, and welcome to Authentic AI for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Kinsey, and oh man, do we have another great guest for you today. We are chatting with Jessica of Social Savvy, and she is sharing all about how her and her team use AI in their social media marketing business. We chat about using AI features in video editing, specifically with the software Veed, V-E-E-D, if you're wondering how to spell it. Plus, she shares how she has been using ChatGPT for her clients in the onboarding process. You know I geek out in this conversation and I can't wait to share it with you. But before we dive in, I just want to remind you that if you love this podcast, I would truly love for you to hit that subscribe button now, leave us five stars and a friendly review, just telling us how much you love the show because I would love to hear from you. And that truly does help to boost our message across all of the podcast platforms. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this awesome conversation with this awesome woman. Hey, Jessica, thank you so much for coming on Authentic AI for Entrepreneurs, lady. I'm so excited to bring you on the show. Hi, Kinsey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Oh my gosh, yes. I cannot wait to geek out once again about AI with you. But before we dive into all that jazz, I always like to ask, who are you? What do you do? And who do you serve? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jessica Sheehy. I am the owner and founder of Social Savvy. I like to say that we have two parts to the business and I'll go into that, but we are a organic social media marketing agency. And the other half of that is we call it our collective side. It's the Social Savvy Collective where we empower new and aspiring social media managers to grow a business that is fueling their dream life and is also, of course, sustainable and profitable, which are two great things to have in business as well. And I started Social Savvy in 2018. I feel like any entrepreneur story, you either 
have the itch to become an entrepreneur or you get pushed into entrepreneurship. And I feel like I had a little bit of both. I was introduced to the online world, I believe in like 2017 from some Facebook ads about how you can work from your laptop and have a freedom lifestyle and work in marketing and all of this. And I'm like, hmm, I work in marketing. I think I could do that. And I did a little, little freelancing from 2017 to 2018, but I was really scared to become an entrepreneur. And I continued working in a marketing job. And my last role before starting Social Savvy, I only worked there for three months until the company went under. My boss could not pay my salary or anyone else's paycheck for that two week period, whatever that pay period was. And it was a really hard time. And I had the internal thoughts, do I go back out and try to find a job? Or do I just finally give it a go? And I feel really lucky that I had support at home to do it because I don't think I would have done it (laughs) without that. It was way too scary at the time. And it's really crazy that now we're in 2023 and it's come a long way. And I'm just really happy with where we are right now. We have a really awesome team. I say we because I have a team. So I feel like I'm always talking like just myself, but I'm always saying we and I'm just really lucky that we've grown to have a few other social media managers on our team who are so passionate about organic social media and just marketing in general, and also really passionate to our collective side of the business. Yeah. Oh, I know. I was looking at your website before we hopped on the call and I was like, oh, cool. And I love how you have diverted like the journey of your website into are you a small business owner? Are you a social media manager? And it totally makes sense. And I love to, especially for social media, I definitely think it's shifted so much over the past like five years and stuff. But especially when we were just starting out, there was this kind of competitive vibes I felt like out there. And that is just so not the case. Like even nowadays, there are quite a few more social media managers out there than there were way back then. But it's just so nice to come together and cultivate that collaborative vibe and the community vibes instead of the competitive vibes. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And it brings me back to when I first started my business, I reached out to a lot of people in the space who are still social media managers, they still run agencies, they're pretty big names in the business and online marketing world. And I was really taken back by just the lack of replies. (laughs) And also a few of them were like, why would I help you? Why would I do this? Here, go spend this outrageous amount of money and for a consultation and I'll tell you all the things that you need to know. And so I think it's really has come a long way. I think more people are really open to truly collaborating. And I think that's a big thing, like especially with social media managers. I think the one thing that is so special about being a social media manager is We're all so different because there's so many things that can differentiate us. Like it could be the services that we offer, the clients that we work with, the experience that we have, our levels of creativity. And I I say that in a way of sometimes we're better writers or better with graphics or videos or anything like that. And I can certainly see that evolving for the greater good over the next few years, even with AI, which I feel like is really exciting. Oh, yes, this is a great transition as well to let's talk about AI technology and how you are navigating it, using it in your business and all that jazz. So let's start like from the beginning. When did you first start learning about AI technology and start dabbling and integrating it into your business processes? Absolutely. So I can't remember the exact time frame. if it was six months ago, a year ago, a year and a half ago, but whenever ChatGPT first came out and it was like 
people it was like whispers of chat gpt like it hadn't quite gone so big yet that where like server crashed and no one could get on for what was it like a few days few weeks but i heard about it whenever that happened and my husband actually works in marketing and i think he was probably the first person to tell me about it because him and his team were using it in the company he works for and just telling me all the different things they were generating from chat gpt i'm like are you serious like you can do that with this tool and it's producing this and it was really interesting to see that happens i started dabbling in it i think it I would be embarrassed to see the first couple of different things I put in there. Okay, let's see what you can do. I'm sure it was the most random things, but really diving into AI with that. I think once it did get big and more people were talking about ChatGPT, my favorite thing about it was to see how other industries were, I guess, accepting it with open arms. Not to say that marketers and social media managers weren't really accepting it, but I do think there was a lot of like skepticism around the walls were going up like, oh no, what is this going to do? What does this mean for us? And how is this going to affect the work that we're producing and the clients we're with and all of that? And I think that's where I really got started to really finding out more about it. But I liked it for the capabilities that it could do for like really speeding up a lot of the processes that we had on our agency side of things, whether that was research or idea generation. And I'm also really loving how other tools are adapting AI, tools that we're already using. For example, we use ClickUp as a project management tool. And I love that if I can put in our meeting agenda notes, it will auto generate with their AI, like all of the to do's and tasks from that. And it's just it's such a small thing. It's okay, I could really I could go in and I could make tasks for myself and for the team. But for AI to really know that and quickly within seconds, create those task lists, it was just, okay, this is really powerful. This is going to start, it's going to save small pockets of time here and there, but that's really going to add up at the end of the day. So I think that was really exciting to see. Oh, yeah. Ooh, and I have not yet heard about ClickUp's AI integration. Although I'm like chuckling because yeah, oh my gosh. (laughs) I feel like just in the past three months, like every software that we've all been using for years is just all of a sudden our new AI angle. Here's our AI thing, like Squarespace and just everything, Google, Mm -hmm. uh, Gmail, like all the stuff. So yeah, it seems like every software and its neighbor has AI integrated into nowadays, which is awesome. But yeah, I hadn't heard about the ClickUp one and that just makes so much sense. And it's such just like a time-saving, awesome feature. Because I do feel like a lot of times when people first hear about various AI technologies and whatnot, it feels way too big and overwhelming. And they're like, oh, I need to use this for bigger tasks or to generate images. But it's just like sometimes those small mundane tasks that it can really help you with. So I know you've started dabbling in video editing software and whatnot. Can you tell us a little bit about what that has looked like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to start by saying that one thing that I noticed with a lot of the content that we were internally producing, we have a podcast as well. And we have so much content because we record the video of it. And most episodes are 30 to 40 to 50 minutes long. So there's a lot of really great just golden nuggets of content in there. And even for the clients that we work with on our agency side, they have a lot of content. They have podcasts too, or they have YouTube series, or they have courses and memberships that they're recording and uploading video content into. And it really came down to 
how are we going to go through all of this content? And it used to be where myself or anyone else on the team who was working on that account, we would watch the video, watch it on two, two and a half, three X playback speed and try to get through it the best we could. And if we saw something, we would take note, okay, that's great at a minute 45 or at 12 minutes. We need, That's a really good Instagram reel. So we would do that. And then we eventually started using uh, transcription tools to transcribe the videos and then work at it that way, which obviously those have been around for a really long time. And so we were just doing that. And then we would go into a video editor and start editing videos. And we have been using Veed internally for a while now, like maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. It's been a big help with all of our video editing. We'll do long form like YouTube videos in there, but we'll also do short form videos. So we'll make reels and TikToks and all of that. And it's been really helpful to have that tool that can do it all. It can transcribe, it can add subtitles, you can edit all the little things you need to, you can add fun text and elements and sound waves, whatever you need to add to the video, like it has it in there. And they were always constantly improving. And I want to say maybe, maybe three months ago, I feel like, like you said, around three months ago, it was like the bubble that burst that everyone's really implementing AI and they're in the tools we're already using that they have a magic cuts feature where you can upload the video. And I believe it's still new. I know I've also gotten emails from their team of we would just love to do some like product research and figure out more. So it's, it's great that they're like constantly developing it. But we started using it for a few of our clients who have podcast episodes. And we were already doing the, the long workflow of creating videos from it. And currently right now that we're recording this podcast, you put the video in, you set it to go, it will resize it into a short form video. It will only produce one video. I know there's a couple of other tools on the market that can promise a couple of different videos. And I know sometimes you can get into, okay, they'll write the captions, they'll do all of that kind of crazy stuff. But for us, it made sense to just keep using Veed because we all are versed in it. We know how to use the tool. I personally love it. I'm pretty picky when it comes to video editing tools. It's a really easy tool to use. And so it was really awesome that it could go in, pick a clip from the video, cut the video. It will remove any silences, dead spaces, different things like that. It will transcribe the audio. It'll do subtitles and it'll get the video ready for real. So you probably don't need to add too, too much to it unless there's anything additional you're adding to your short form content. And it doesn't in seconds. It's really quick how much it can produce that, how quickly it can produce that content. So that has really helped to speed up the process for that, especially for our clients who are producing that video content, a a ton of it on a regular basis. And it's just great to know that we're going to keep getting more use out of that long form piece of content in the tool that we're already using for the long form video. Yeah, ooh, I love that. And yes, I've actually seen, so we're recording this on Riverside Studio right now, and they just recently introduced like magic clips or something. And it will actually, it takes a few minutes and it's in beta for sure. And it creates six clips, I think, for you to choose from and stuff. They're interesting clips for sure, but most of the time, every time I've done the magic clips, I've gone in and then adjusted the section that it pulled out, right? It wasn't like a super great section or like just a very short little bit. And I'm like, we need a little bit more context or something or or just adjusted it a little bit. Have you noticed with Veed, are you like really liking the clips that it's pulling out or do you have to adjust those at all? 
Yeah, for the most part, I really like what it's choosing. I'll probably adjust the start of the video. I find at times it will honestly leave a little too much at the start. It'll have that. So just doing a little bit of tweaking there. The other thing I've noticed, and it just, I think, depends on what platform you're creating that short form video for. Sometimes I feel like it's a little bit longer than I'd love. If it, And it depends, on, too, on what's being said in the video. But most of the time, it is a short form clip that is... It's, I don't think it's ever been over 60 seconds. I honestly feel like it's always 45 seconds and below. So it's, you know, like maybe we'd want to clip it in half. If a video is like 12 to 20 seconds, it might do a little bit better for that account. But for the most part, it does pick a pretty good spot. I'll just really try to be a little bit more intentional with that hook, you know, just to catch someone in that first three seconds. But I've also found that with just the tool that it is, I can always like add something to the start. So I could add like a really cool graphic element that could pop up or a text box or a little title box or something that could have that hook in there that could always be helpful. The other thing that we've been testing on a couple of client accounts that we've done is we try to add like a little teaser to the front of the video. So it, mainly we'll do this on YouTube shorts and TikTok, but we'll go pull it from somewhere random. Like maybe it's a mic drop moment. We have a few clients who are pretty hilarious. So they'll say something just, it'll just fly out of their mouth. And we're like, wait, that is hilarious. That needs to be in the first three seconds because someone will stop scrolling. In Veed, we're able to like really copy that section, duplicate it so it stays intact, the integrity of the video. But then we'll just drag it and we'll drop it and make that the little teaser hook for the beginnings. For the most part, it's pretty accurate. And I love that tools like Riverside, like we're recording, also are integrating it into that. I think that is what's really exciting about AI is that most tech companies are really embracing that and it's not causing the need for more and more tools. And I think that's part of the reason why we haven't integrated another short form video AI tool into our workflow just to one, help us with expenses and cost, but also because we it's another tool to learn, could maybe potentially have different styles inside of it that we have all of our clients branding, like in Veed, we have our own branding in there as well. So we just feel like it is is really customizable in that platform versus I know some of the others. Oh, yeah, I like that. And I actually have not played around with Veed at all yet. But I it's so funny. You're like, we don't want to add another software. And I'm like, yes, I don't either. But yet I still do because I still keep playing around with all the different things, which I maybe partly in blaming on this podcast, right? Because I'm like, I have to test it out. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my backwards way of justifying it. But just like a little bit of a little question about Veed and its editing process and stuff. Is it like a transcription first editing or does it have that capability of editing the transcription side by side with the video or does that look different on Veed? Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of the reason why I really loved it. And that was one of the first features that I loved about Veed. I think like any video tool, it's pretty basic with how you can cut and slice and do all these audio things. And they're constantly improving that too. Like recently they added to where you can remove background, which is probably an AI feature. I know like Canva has removed background. So I feel like I would feel confident in saying that's AI too, but they, you can do that on videos, have it like just like a talking head and put something in the background, like green screen, which is really cool. But yeah, you can edit the transcription alongside the video. You can edit absolutely anything to that text. But if, of course, if you need to edit any of the actual content, you can easily do that, which has been really great. Because I think 
most tools are pretty good at transcribing, but I know there's some times where it can like fumble and not really guess what was being said. And sometimes it's, wait, where did you find that word? (laughs) That was not actually said. But yeah, you can easily edit that. And actually what we do when we get the um, short form video from the Magic Cup from Veed. We actually, once we edit the transcription, make sure everything's good to go, we'll copy and paste that whole transcription and we'll actually put that into any sort of like previous prompt or like in ChatGBT that we've used to really get that formatted for the caption. Now, it won't give us the final caption, but it'll really help us like move that piece of content along the pipeline, which is awesome because then I feel like we can get it into the content calendar for the client much quicker. Yeah. Ooh, that is so great. Okay. Let's come back to ChatGPT in just a second because I definitely want to go down that wormhole with you as well. But just a quick question for Bead because I love that green screen stuff. I've been using Descript myself for a lot of just or playing around with that and also Riverside's feature because Riverside is actually introducing a backend transcript first like video editing part of their um, recording studio and stuff too so that's pretty cool but and I have been using Descript as well just to test that out I don't think that it has like a background removal like thing yet so I want to dive into Veed and just see what that's all about (laughs) one of the things I do like about Descript is just the automatic removal of filler words like ums likes all that different stuff it has a few AI generated automatic editing tools built into it does Veed have anything like that you know of yeah so it'll do that it'll it'll do the filler words I feel like it's pretty it's okay I feel like I wouldn't put it as great or perfect I think it's okay at removing filler words it also can remove any silences or dead spaces in the audio mm-hmm. I also want to say that at times is okay and at other times it's great we haven't found a we, we can't find a rhyme or reason as to why that, but we edit our podcast internally as a team. We're always looking, I'll record a solo, then I'll do a second solo, and one will be great, and the next will be, oh, okay, it feels a little punchy, so we'll have to go back and just do it manually, but we'll do it manually inside of Veed. But it has that. It also has, which I guess could be AI as well, it will like clean the audio. So we noticed this for a few of our clients that we give scripts to for reels, if they'll record them. Sometimes they'll record it like in a room that just has a lot of like it'll like just reverberation like in the room so it'll clean that up make that really crisp obviously we can bump up the audio a little bit if we need to as well sometimes we have clients who will record and you like faintly hear someone talking or like kids playing in the next room over of course right like work from home kind of picks up all of that stuff so that's really good at like cleaning the audio which is great so we try to do that in most of the videos because it's just a few clicks takes a few seconds to work just based on how long the audio is but yeah it's a really cool kind of feature to have that just edit that audio in a few clicks for sure yeah and Descript does that as well I'm still learning the ins and outs and stuff but it's like you said I chuckle and I can't wait till AI is just perfect right and could you can trust it to do everything perfectly but I feel like no matter what whether it's video editing software whether it's chat GPT anything but it's not completely taking over for us normally especially when it comes to that like forward-facing content like the video content you probably don't need your to-do list to be absolutely perfect if it's generated in ClickUp for your meeting notes and whatnot but yeah, yeah you always have to Go back in and make sure, double check that the work it's doing is correct. You're on a paid version of Veed, I'm assuming, right? 
Yeah, we are. I believe there's a free version where you're able to access transcription and video editing up to, I don't know if I would say hours. I don't know specifically how long. I assume it's hours, but it's on the lower amount. So especially if you're putting in long form podcasts and content, you can really get up to there quickly. But there certainly is a lot of capabilities for just testing it out. You do just get that cap at a certain point. So I think it's great to just have that trial because I know there's some tools that I'm always trying to make sure I can keep like expenses and costs down and just being frugal as a business owner. But I'm also quick to also just try any tool that I see someone talk about on stories or of course on a podcast like this one. So I love a free trial. So I think it's certainly just something to dabble in and see if that's what you can incorporate into your like video editing workflow. Yeah, a lot of the softwares out there really do the free trial because they know that it can feel a little bit overwhelming if you're like, what the hell is this? And they know that you need to get your hands dirty and practice and play around with it to see if it's going to work for you. Okay. Let's talk about ChatGPT now, the next part of your workflow. I like how you're integrating the video editing software and you're taking this and moving on to ChatGPT to help you with maybe the copy or the idea generation or anything like that. Tell us like how your team really enjoys using ChatGPT the most. Yeah, so I think for the most part, we... For the most part, we use it for like idea generation. I know we use it a lot if we are, we write a lot of content for our blog. It's one of our like favorite content mediums, which is, I love saying that in 2023 because I feel like video is so prominent, but I love a blog and I love blog content and so does our team. We use it for creating ideas, really brainstorming deeper to make series for our blogs, but we'll also take that and do series for videos as well. We like to create idea lists in ChatGPT, and that's been one of the best ways that we've been able to fill our content calendar, our workflow for internal content, for client content, that we have a lot of ideas really flowing. I know I mentioned that we'll take that transcription from the short form video. We'll take that, copy it directly, paste it into ChatGPT, typically into a section in there where we've already, I guess, I don't know if there's a proper word for it, but trained ChatGPT. I hear people say trained, so I feel like that's the best phrase for that. So we'll train it on either our brand voice and messaging or our clients to really know how to write a little bit better. We're still tweaking it and we don't get a final product, but what we do get is really great that we're like, okay, wait, hold on. We're great social media caption writers from this point. We've got it. We can take it, really make sure we have a strong hook. The meat or middle of the caption is great. And then we can end it with whatever call to action we feel like is really good for that video. And so that's been really helpful for that. I would say the third and final thing that we use ChatGPT for is if we ever get a new client that comes to us that maybe is a little bit more specialized in what they do, or there's a little bit more like research involved, I'll actually use ChatGPT to help me create some idea lists again to the first point of using it. But I'll also ask it to help me figure out some great questions that I can ask the client on an onboarding call. And that's been really helpful because I, I feel like in, in my career, I used to work for a marketing agency and a, another marketing company. Of course, I shared my little story how I lost that job after three months before starting Social Savvy. But I worked with a lot of different random niche accounts. And I feel like that made me really adaptable when it came to creating content and campaigns for different businesses and industries. And so I always get the question of, have you 
worked with someone in my industry or do you have experience with that? And my answer is always, if it's no, if it's yes, and I'll share that like portfolio piece and everything. But if it's a no, it's a no, but like I can do it. I feel really confident that I can do it. And that's even in a before ChatGPT world that I would share that. And so now it's been really helpful to where I know the right questions to ask about that industry. I know the different things to know to the best of my abilities. And I can ask that to the client and they can, of course, tell me they're like expert of advice around that. So that has been just really helpful when it comes to ChatGPT to just help push along what we're already doing, give us more ideas, give away the like mundane thinking of it all and leave room for the creativity, I feel like could be the best way to describe that. Oh, so many great nuggets in there. I could go down so many different roads, but I think I love the idea of, yeah, using it as a tool and exactly what you just said, speeding up the thinking or like breaking through any blocks that might come up more quickly. All of the information that ChatGPT is helping you find out from your client faster is stuff that you would have learned about them and their industry like over time, I'm sure. But it's just getting over that initial hump more quickly of, ooh, what don't I know about this industry? I love that because I've actually thought about, I've definitely played around with using it for ideal customer research or really honing like that ideal client avatar for certain clients, getting to know them more, like their desires, their pain points, different things that they might care about. But I haven't thought about using it as to help me generate questions that I should directly ask my client. If you don't mind sharing, or if you remember, what are like specific prompts that you generally go to when it comes to, can you help me with this in a way? Do you know what I'm trying to ask? Yeah. So I, so recently we started working with a functional medicine doctor, something I had no idea. I've heard of it. I I know what a functional medicine doctor does. I don't personally see one. So I don't really know from a firsthand experience what they do. And I also know every practitioner has their own kind of unique way. Just by doing the basic research that I would, and obviously at this point, I've already had a discovery call with the client. I've already had them fill out like an onboarding workflow for us. So I know a lot of information already. I just don't necessarily know how to go deeper. And I just need to do that research to learn more and just feel more confident in what they're doing so I can like portray that to their people. And so one thing that I'll do in ChatGBT is I'll go in there and I'll start a new search and I'll tell ChatGPT that I am a social media marketer. I'm working with this client. I'll share a few specifics of what the client does. If I know their like I help statement, if I can go deep into who they work with, I'll share any like words about them that I can pull from their website, specifically about the type of work that they do. Like for this client, they see patients virtually and they'll like order a couple of different diagnostic tests. They focus on, luckily this client's very, they have a great brand. They have a few different pillars that they'll go deep in for each client. So I'll talk about those and I'll tell that to ChatGPT so it can start learning that. From this point, I'll keep telling it more information about the client, what they're doing, and then I'll give really small prompts to ChatGPT to start out. I'll ask ChatGPT to help me create like a mission or value statement for the client. I'll ask ChatGPT to go deeper in describing their services and what they're doing. And then I'll start prompting it with, I'm trying to think 
the specific query that I'll give it, but I'll ask it specifically, what questions do I need to ask the client or what whatever they do, the functional medicine doctor about and I'll start going deep into each of those services. And it'll start producing some really like basic stuff based on what we've already gone back and forth with. And then it'll start getting a little bit better at knowing specific things. So I'll get specific, like what are the three questions that I should ask the client about why they're a functional medicine doctor? For example, just I'll start really generic. Then I'll say, what are three more questions that I should ask about the client about their specific online clinic? I'll probably add a few more keywords into that, but just trying to get it to start giving me really small bite-sized things because then I can go look at that long list of three questions, three questions, three questions. I can really build my own questions from there and it can really be helpful. And with this specific query on ChatGPT, it asked me a lot of it gave me a lot of questions to bring to the onboarding session. And I just remember the client being like, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's a really good question. Let me think about a specific like case study within the clinic that could complement that. So that was really great. I think into asking questions to know what they do, but giving really good prompts to, okay, now we're going to build out a case study and we're going to create this really awesome post around it for social media. And it's just going to become like a really good piece of content. So I think doing really small steps with ChatGPT in my experience has what's been really helpful to just get great stuff back from it. I love that so much. This, I love this podcast. I say this like on every episode because I'm like, yes, all these new ideas and like us discussing back and forth. And what I loved hearing from you too is helping it also pairing the answers with like specific stories, specific case studies, specific experiences that either your client has had or that they can share an example from one of their customers or clients. Because I really think that's one of the ways that we can keep our use of AI technology less generic and more authentic for our brands is not only allowing it to help us generate content ideas and write copy possibly and stuff, but also always bringing it back home to the things that it cannot know, which is our own personal experiences from ourselves or our clients. So that is just so ingenious, lady. Thank you for sharing that. I know that we're going to have to cut off this conversation quickly-ish, but I could talk to you forever. But before we hop off, I do like to ask people, do you have any kind of concerns about AI technology or have you run into any like rub when it comes to your clients? I was just talking to, it's so funny. I feel like I need to ask you this as a social media manager because I was talking to a copywriter who I love and I've been listening to a lot of copywriting podcasts from the angle of AI technology, right? And that's definitely one of those industries that has been fairly concerned about chat GPT and what is this going to mean for our industry and our jobs and plagiarism and the ethics of it all and getting pushback from clients. So I guess as a social media manager, I think it's funny because I feel like copywriters are held to a certain level and like social media managers, for me, it doesn't feel like it's as like big of a deal necessarily, quote unquote. What are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree 100%. I think copywriters are feeling more of the weight from AI and its capabilities from people and the skepticism around it. But for me, as a social media marketer for so long, I don't want to say that I can spot out a chat GPT post. I don't think I honestly could, to be honest. I think what does happen and could be generated by chat GPT are those posts on social media that don't give that personal touch. 
they don't give that storytelling aspect. It brings me back to this client functional medicine, right? Like I know one piece of functional medicine, a lot of doctors push a plant-based diet and kind of the pros and benefits and different things that you need to do. And so when I think about it in that sense, I could think about, okay, I could ask ChatGPT to write me an Instagram post about three benefits of a plant-based diet. That could be a query that I could give it. I'm sure it will produce something like a plant-based diet can do this for the human body, number one. Number two, number three, it can do in that like generic way because it doesn't know much information other than that versus where I feel if you took that and even if you're listening, if you're a marketer or marketing your own business and you're like, wait, I want to ask it those questions. So I now know those three benefits. Maybe if you agree or if you don't agree, that's fine too. Tweak it to what you want to do. But you have that baseline now of, okay, this could be a really great carousel on Instagram go deeper into the specifics that you share with your clients about those benefits of the plant-based diet. And then before you hit publish on the post, add in some sort of storytelling. Are you plant-based yourself? Tell about a case study of a client who is in your clinic who is plant-based. And that's how you can really get a good post from that. When it comes down to people, social media managers using AI, unfortunately, I think sometimes the posts that they are putting up are that that first one, that three basic benefits of a plant-based diet. And that's it. Whereas I feel like copywriters are held to a higher standard of know my brand, know my mission, know why I'm working with the people I do, produce great copy. (laughs) It's two different standards, but I don't think it should be. I think a social media manager should do that too. They should know the brand. They should know the why behind the business. They should know why they're working with those clients and produce great content on social media. So I do think they're held to different standards like that. But I think you could certainly use ChatGPT in that way to get that basic information build upon it, and then have that storytelling to really finish out that piece of content that I think can be really helpful. And I think for the future of AI, I'm, I'm really excited to see where it it's going to go because I think it's already helped. It's helped my business a lot with just increasing our ideas, helping us to feel more creative. As creative, sometimes we're just, we can't creative anymore. You get a little bit like burnt out after a certain time and you just need to step back. And I think that's what AI has really allowed for us to do. It's allowed for us to step back and focus on the final pieces of work, which has really brought it back to that quality over quantity. So I think more people will start adapting AI and can start really adjusting for that. Also, the last part of that is I recently had someone reach out to us who is a a client of ours, and I was actually taken aback because one of the posts that we had submitted over, we submit a a month of content at a time, and we, this was at the very start of us using AI, we actually never used AI before, we would just, we're dabbling in it, right? We're like, what's ChatGPT? We're all talking internally in Slack about it. And I remember she responded to one of the posts that I actually wrote myself, and she's, this sounds like AI. And I really had to take a step back because... One, I know I wrote the post. I wrote it from start to finish. And I'm like, wait, do I I sound like AI? But it made me think, what does AI sound like? So I took a step back and I remember because we had a we had a meeting scheduled later that week. So we talked about it. We looked at it together on the computer and I was like, I before I even told her that I wrote it, I'm like, I'd love to know like how this sounds like AI. Just I'm, I'm a very I'm an inquisitive person. I'm always like asking questions. And so we talked about it and a part of a few points that she brought up that I always try to keep in mind. Now, if we are using AI for any element, like if we're using it for those transcriptions, she felt like it was a little punchy. 
which is interesting because that's like her brand voice. I'm not going to get into the depths of that, but she mentioned it was very punchy. She felt like the types of emojis were a little bit strange for her brand, which I know you think about it. Okay, emojis can be on brand, off brand. So there was that. And I think the biggest piece is the copy felt like it was written for an ad and not for an organic social media post because I believe it was a caption for a reel. Whatever it was, it was for Instagram. So I feel like that was really interesting. But those three pieces have stuck out in my head. I've probably talked to clients about on-brand and off-brand emojis far more than I'd like to admit. But I do get it. I'm picky about the ones I use too. But the fact that it was very punchy and it sounded like somebody wrote it for an ad, I thought was really interesting. So I think that's just one thing to keep in mind when it comes to considering using something generated from AI for your brand. Of course, there's a whole ton of other stuff. And I'm sure you'll have those experts on the podcast to talk about the ethics and the do's and do nots of AI. But yeah, I hope that was helpful. Completely. I'm over here just squirming in my seat because I'm so excited that you shared that. Thank you for sharing that because that's the kind of stuff that I love to hear and take note of and stuff. Actually, the copywriter that I interviewed also talked about how a client came back to one of her um, peers and said the same thing. Like, I, oh, she actually said, I put this copy into ChatGPT and asked it if it was written by AI and ChatGPT said yes, <laughs> which apparently the copy wasn't, right? Yeah. So it's okay. just all these things to think about. And we could go down a whole tunnel, I'm sure, <laughs> about like talking about this. So we might have to bring you back on the show, lady and stuff. But thank you so much for sharing with us. Can you please share with everyone how they can connect with you and find out more about you? Because I know they'll want to do that for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kenzie, for having me on. It's been such a great, great conversation. You can learn more about me and Social Savvy at socialsavvyhq.co. I'm also on any and all social media platforms. So Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, LinkedIn, TikTok, and threads at Social Savvy HQ. I would love to connect with all of you, chat more about AI, and of course, you know, anything else that we talked about on this podcast. But thank you again, Kenzie, for having me on. It was such a great conversation. How great was Jessica, you guys? I absolutely loved nerding out with her about AI and all the things. So if you enjoyed this conversation, make sure that you connect with both of us on Instagram. I am at feelgoodsocial or at authenticai for entrepreneurs. Either one, you can find me there. And Jessica is at social savvy. I will link all of those in the show notes below so you can find them very easily. Make sure that you send us a message. Let us knowing that you came from the podcast because then we will be sure to give you a follow back and just continue connecting with you over there. All right. I hope you have a great rest of your week and I will catch you next time I catch you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Authentic AI for Entrepreneurs, my friend. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your shows. And hey, while you're at it, we would truly love for you to give us five stars and leave us a friendly review because that will do so much to help us reach more down to earth folks like you and spread our authentic AI message even further. If you're looking for show notes and even more resources for using AI in your business, visit our website now at diywith.ai. Just open up your browser and type D-I-Y-W-I-T-H period A-I, hit enter, and you'll find everything that you need to start up-leveling your business with AI today. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Hashtag Managed. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
That helps others find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Come back next week for another new episode of Hashtag Managed. We'll see you then.